Have you ever wondered if you could make a difference? This podcast brings you inspirational people who are making a tremendous difference. We will also be talking to experts in the field of creating the mindset you need so that nothing holds you back from making your vision a reality right now. Welcome to the Game Changers Podcast. And now, here's your host, Michelle Dutro. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Game Changer Podcast. I know I always say, I start every show with saying, I am really excited to be talking to this particular person today, but you have to imagine uh, this particular gentleman, Carl Christman to be exact, I really am fired up for because I have spent a great deal of my uh, career in sales and what he does directly impacts anybody in sales. Now to take this back a notch, I know that there are people out here listening saying, oh, I can't stand salespeople or, oh, this is some business podcast. I don't want to listen to that. Step back for a second and think anytime you're in conversation with anybody, almost about anything on some level, whether we want to admit it or not, we're trying to persuade them, whether it's our children, whether it's a spouse, a neighbor, a coworker, anytime we are in communication with somebody else on some level, we're trying to be of some type of influence. So with that, let me tell you what I read when Carl Chrisman crossed my path. Here's his background. He is a teacher, author, and speaker. He plays with language, psychology, and nonverbal communication to entertain and educate audiences. His best-selling book, How to Read Minds and Influence People, explores communication from a radically different perspective. It unlocks the science of mind reading and helps people harness the power of persuasion. It offers readers the tools to relate to people and positively influence them. So like I said, this topic applies to all of us. And as I was briefly chatting with Carl before I hit the record button, one of the things I said was the reason I really love this topic and I love game changing communication is it requires us to be present. There's no way in the world you can read body language or facial expression unless you are present, paying full attention to the person that you're with and truly clearing your mind of any other chatter that may be going on if you're going to employ some of these tactics. So this is why I was really excited to have him on this show. I think that there's going to be some really cool things that come out of it. And no matter how old you are or what you're doing at this particular stage in life, there are going to be things in here that will absolutely apply to you. So with that, uh, Carl, thank you for being here. And did I leave anything out about your background that we should all know? Oh, well, let's see. Uh, that, that sums it up. But basically, I've had two major parts of my life. Uh, for the last 12 or 13 years now, I've been teaching communications at the college level here in Southern California. And also, I've had a passion for mentalism and playing with people's minds. Uh, years ago, I became a member of the Magic Castle in Hollywood. And it was just a fun place where people did all sorts of sleight of hand and things like that. And I, I realized there's more that can be done with this. So I started getting into mind reading, mentalism, hypnosis, and really trying to read people, trying to better understand them. So I've always done that as just kind of an interesting side uh, part of my life. And then a few years ago, I realized that I could probably combine these two, these two passions. And that's when I wrote the book, How to Read Minds and Influence People. And what I try to do in that is figure out how I can use these different techniques that psychics use, the cold reading techniques, um, or what mentalists do where you read micro-expressions. How can I use that 
to really understand people better and try to tie things together. So this, this book and uh, my latest endeavors is all about merging those two worlds of the more academic parts, but also how can you really understand people, build a deeper connection? So I'm glad you touched on this at the end uh, part of, of everything that you were saying there, because I'm sure that there are a couple of people out there who are going to automatically think, oh gosh, he's one of these folks that, that uses his skills to manipulate people or to manipulate people into some different way of thinking, almost like uh, a conscious level of hypnosis. And Carl, w wouldn't you agree that the reality is at the end of the day, these skills and what you're doing truly just better us as communicators that when we are fully engaged and paying attention to how somebody's responding to what we're saying, it really is a very good feedback loop as to are we communicating effectively? Are we losing them? Am I, am I making them upset? And, and to some people not even realizing it, um, I mean, in, in all honesty, this isn't a manipulation tactic, right? This is really to be able to be a better, more engaged communicator. Absolutely. These are tools. These are techniques. When someone finishes one of my communication classes, they can take what I've taught them and start a cult. Or more likely, hopefully they can get along better with their friends and family and coworkers. Uh, when it comes to hypnosis, one of the number one questions I have for that is, can you use this to help me quit smoking? And so there it's not manipulating. It's people actually asking, how can we use this to better my life? So I've always thought of it as sales is for all of us. Uh, it's something we all do. And persuasion, the techniques I use here, work for pretty much everyone. There's a lot of people out there that they make their living directly selling products or services. But I figure that everyone does this. As a teacher, I am trying to persuade my students about the value of education. A good teacher will get through the material. A great teacher will make people want to learn. A good doctor will tell you what's wrong with you. A great doctor will make you want to change. It's not enough just to know what the disease is. It's trying to get them to follow through and exercise, lose weight, quit smoking, do things that are going to make their lives better. So for all of these things, uh, they're just tools that hopefully people will use to understand people more effectively. And at the end of the day, if you get along with people better, if you can read their emotions, understand what they're feeling, what they're thinking a little bit better, it can only make your life better and hopefully the lives of those around you a lot better as well. Agreed. So I always am fascinated as to people's why, right? There's any one of a million things we can all spend our time doing. Take me back to what was going on in your life when you said, you know what? I want to pursue this to a much greater degree, or this really matters, either it should matter more, or I've had some tremendous failure. And if only I was a better communicator, you know, this would have gone in a better direction for me. What happened in your life that was a tipping point for you to say, this is my calling? <sighs> As most people have, have had happen. Um, growing up, there were lots of times when I had issues understanding people, kind of the awkward teenage years. But it actually wasn't until I had gone through graduate school looking at nonverbal communications and actually even started teaching that I really realized the power of this. There was a student I had, uh, actually I think the first or second year I was teaching, and I, I just got this weird sense. There was something wrong, there was something going on, and I wasn't sure what it is. And, and in talking with him afterwards, I started to flesh out what was going on, and I realized that I was totally off. I had no idea what they were going through. I was misreading their cues. And even though I'd studied this, 
I wasn't really present. I wasn't paying attention to what they were actually feeling, actually thinking. So I started to, to realize that it's all about trying to adopt what they're going through, whether it be mirroring their behaviors, their, their facial expressions, or just trying to empathize, kind of empathetic accuracy. Can I really understand? As it's, it's not a chart, as I had spent a lot of time learning about, these are what these facial expressions mean. And you'll see this on oh, different CSI kind of programs. If your eyes go up to the left, this is what it means. If they go to the right, this is what it means. None of that really matters. Basically, if you can just look at someone and figure, if I were looking or feeling like they were right now, how would I feel? And so in talking with this student, I realized I was totally off. And they were going through some pretty serious personal problems uh, that I wanted to help with. And once I understood that, then I realized I need to start paying a little bit more attention, not just to the surface level things, but trying to understand what are they truly feeling? So you bring up, I was uh, going to ask you, you brought up CSI. I was going to ask if you watch the show, The Mentalist. Do you watch that show? Yes, yes. Uh, that was a really good show, really entertaining. So you liked it. You thought it was, you know, reasonably done, considering you're kind of an expert in that field? A absolutely. It, it actually was. Uh, a few years ago, I was uh, doing a show at the Magic Castle, and then someone from the audience came up and started talking with me about what I had done. And they were mentioning pieces of research and things out there. I said, that's amazing. You know a lot about this. And it turns out they were a writer for the show. So they, <laughs> they put a lot of effort into accuracy. And yeah, absolutely. A lot of what's done there uh, works. Uh, one thing, though, with a lot of those shows is they make it look as though it's, it's much more of a science where it's accurate. If they do this, they're lying. You can't really tell if someone does one specific thing, they're lying. What it does is it gives you a clue that maybe this is something I should follow up on more just a little bit. And it focuses the conversation to where you can spend a little bit more time there. So it's not one specific thing, but obviously for an hour show, it has to be really concise and this is the issue. In exactly. real life, I figure it's a relationship, it's a conversation. And so it might take me a few hours talking with someone to kind of weave out what they're actually thinking. And, and I agree. I don't think anything is pure science, no matter what the topic. There's a blend between science and art. Right. And and really being able to hone in that craft of of art in all things holistic. So not just the eyes looking to the left, but what is the whole of their body doing? Right. How, how else are they completely showing up? So I'm going to put you on the spot now, now that you said it's really not a science. Um, <laughs> if if I wanted to take away if I'm listening to this and I thought, OK, well, this is all well and good. And maybe it's enough to make me want to go uh, buy the book, How to Read Minds and Influence People, in case you missed the title of his uh, <laughs> bestselling book. If, if I were to take a couple of things away that I thought, gosh, I'm listening to this, it's uh, late in the afternoon, my spouse or significant other is getting ready to come home, I want to try to be more present and see if, if, I can, if I can use some of these skills and become that in a short period of time. And clearly, the more I do it, the better I will be. But if that was my mindset right now, and I wanted to take some of the skills that you have and apply them, what would a couple of things be that I could do in the next conversation that I'm in? to be a better read as to what's going on and not miss things that I shouldn't be missing? Well, in the book, I cover actually the science of it. I just downplay the science, but I, I talk about what the different facial expressions, the different micro expressions, the different body movements mean. But if you forget all that, the one key here is empathetic accuracy. And what that means is that we can often look at other people and understand what they're feeling. 
this is an innate human ability. Babies can do this. They can look up at their parents at three months old and they can figure out if they're happy or sad because that helps them get food or whatever they need. As adults, sometimes we overlook this because we get a little bit more self-involved. So if I can just look at someone and just without analyzing, without thinking about any of the specific details about their micro expressions or body language, if I can just ask myself, how would I be feeling? So a lot of this is just adopting someone else's perspective. Uh, this is why mirroring is so important. If there's a question, act like them. Make your face look like their face right now and just kind of see, how would I be feeling? And a lot of this goes to intuition. Nothing mystical or spiritual with intuition. It's just, I got a sense that something's not quite right here. And that if I talk with them about it, maybe I find a little bit more. Maybe they're willing to share. Or maybe I can pick up on things they don't realize they're giving across. So a lot of this is just, it's just intuition. In the book, I actually have some activities where you can look at different facial expressions, different eyes, and try to figure out what emotion are they going to. What are they feeling? What are they going through at the moment? And hopefully that helps people understand a little bit better, get along a little bit better. So to, to ratchet this down, so uh, agreed about the value of empathy and again, being present with somebody. So when you say to someone, how are you? And you actually genuinely mean the question and they respond with, oh, I'm fine. How are you? Even in that tonality of what I just said, I don't think it sounded very sincere that I'm fine. Yeah. It sounded like I'm just trying to give you an answer because either I would rather not talk about it because it's too painful or I'm not close enough to you to talk to you about it. But I think, oh, I'm fine. You could pick up that there's something behind that. So to get a little more granular here, if you are paying attention to things in the hierarchy, are you looking at the expression when someone's talking? Are you are you putting more weight on the tone of the voice as they're speaking? Is there an order of, huh, if there's a mixed signal here, I'm going to I'm going to place this thing that they're doing or saying or the way they're saying it as the most important clue giver and then go down from there. Absolutely. One of the important things to look at is microexpressions. And The Mentalist was a good show. Lie to me was an amazing show that went in much more detail where it looks at the little expressions that people do before they realize what they're doing and they try to try to change it. So if I were to ask you after dinner how the food was, obviously the appropriate answer is it was good because you don't want to hurt my feelings. However, when I ask you before you even have a chance to lie, you might quickly make a little grimace and show me that the food was not good before you realize, oops, that's inappropriate. I should change this. Or if you're going to have a negotiation with someone, if you're uh, in a sales meeting and you ask them if they can afford that, if the price works, uh, if they are really happy with the price, uh, but they want to appear tough, they might smile just a little bit. They're going to smirk for just a split second before they look very serious and say, no, we need to go lower. I, I can't afford that. So it's that split second reaction after you find out about something. If you want to find out if someone's hiding something from you or lying, um, how they react once they've had, a t had time to think about it isn't as important as that instantaneous response where they didn't know what was coming, they didn't know what you were going to say. So I'd say just those micro-expressions tell us a lot about people. 
So uh, are you a poker player? Because I have to imagine if you're uh, sitting around a poker table, as soon as somebody looks at their cards, and I would imagine if you're a master poker player, you get very good at masking, which is why I know a lot of them wear dark sunglasses, right? So they mask knowing that there are people who are very good like you at reading them. You know, I mean, would it be logical that you could see the split second somebody looks at their cards and know, okay, I've probably got a pretty good shot at taking this person? They are very good at that. And that's where the sunglasses and things like that help. So if you practice very hard, it's more difficult to read. It's still possible, but uh, I always tell people that I, I don't play cards because even though I can read people, half my friends are into the mystery arts, magic, and things like that. So they they all know card tricks, and I would still lose. They'd still cheat. So <laughs> I, I try to avoid things like that. That's funny. Okay, well, you walked right into my next question. So I don't know if you have a significant other, but close friends, anybody you're around, do they get a little weirded out being around you? Like, do they, as you're in conversation, are they kind of subconsciously thinking, how am I responding? Oh, he's going to ask a question. I got to be mindful of what, you know what I mean? I would think, I would think that, you know, it'd be a little unnerving being around somebody who is just inherently very skilled at reading body language. Do you, are people self-conscious around you? I do have that happen quite a bit. I'm always amused when someone will come up to me after a show usually a woman and, and she'd just say, wow, it's got to be really creepy to date you. Right. And then she'd walk away. Like, right. Oh, right. That was an awkward situation you don't generally have. Uh, so absolutely, people are a lot more uh, conscious, which is why I often don't mention this. Uh, in my classes, I actually don't talk about any of this. Uh, I mean, I, I go through the theories, but I don't explain reading people uh, and the shows and the, the speaking and the book. Of course, now that there's Google, they find out about it anyway. And then it's always interesting to see the tone. I'll, I'll have people just in the middle of class, what am I thinking? Right. Right. Which for everyone else that hasn't looked me up on Google is a little bit awkward. But uh, yes, it does lead to some <laughs> rather amusing inter- uh, interactions. That is uh, that is funny. Well, yeah, I uh, and we're doing this via Skype chat, and I'm not sure if uh, Carl can see me, but now I'm starting to kind of look away and dodge, thinking, oh, I don't know what he's looking at me right now, thinking in this conversation. So that's why I asked that question, because it was starting to weird me out a little bit, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to pull it together here. So Carl, tell me, because this is the Game Changer podcast, who has been the most significant influence or game changer for you, especially in this realm? And, and the fact that you were at the Magic Castle, I'm from Southern California myself, and that place is easily in the top handful of places that I love beyond measure for a lot of different reasons. But who was that inspiration or, like I said, game changer for you that's helped to get you to where you are right now? Well, it's actually a, a fellow performer, an entertainer that I know from, from this area, where he helped me to realize a couple of things. First of all, that it's about the relationship, and secondly, that I can actually do this. I, I can make it doing things like this. A lot of people have helped me with more of the technical aspects, whether it's research on understanding people better, on trying to read people, or more of the theatrical element. How do you have a really good presentation, a really good training session, or a really good show, depending on what the goal is? But he helped me realize that it's more about people, And that as long as I build that connection with the audience, that's all that really matters. People are not, at the end of the day, oftentimes going to remember what I've said. They're just going to remember that feeling. Am I the kind of person they want to hang out with? Uh, Would they like to go out with me after we finish there? And so he pointed out that's the most important thing because hanging out around with a lot of performers, it was all about the technical aspects and can you make it better? And he said, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years 
Everything I do here is very simple, very straightforward. All this is, is an excuse for me to hang out with people. And that's it. At a party, I want to be the most exciting person, the most interesting person there because I'm the kind of person you want to hang out with. That was his goal. It doesn't really matter what you do. So when it comes to reading people, trying to play with the mind, uh, even if I'm wrong, and sometimes I'll just take a stab at it. Is this what you feel? Is this what you think? Even if I'm totally wrong, it starts a conversation. And as long as it comes from a place of love where I'm not trying to trick them, I'm not trying to manipulate their mind, I honestly care. So uh, it comes from a place of empathy where I care about them. And he's just pointed that out to me. I mean, I guess instinctively we all know this, but I hadn't really thought about it. And that, that really helped me to change the way that I interact a little bit with people when I play with their minds, when I do shows or speaking or corporate trainings. So what have you heard in the amount of conversations that you've had with people where they say, you know, I, I'd like to be better at this, but this is my biggest struggle. What are you hearing from people as far as their struggle in really connecting? Because I don't, I know for a fact, this is not, um, the easiest skill to develop. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work daily being present with whomever you're speaking with. So for somebody that is saying, well, I'd like to be more present, but no matter how hard I try, whether it's with my kids or my spouse, uh, I just, I never know what they're thinking or I never know what they're feeling. And I just don't feel like I'm somebody that maybe I didn't have the empathy gene. It's not like I don't care. I, I I'm trying to get, you know, how these people are coming across and I, no matter how hard I try, I just seem to get farther off track. I think the key here is people don't think they have enough time. So we all instinctively understand that if we sit down and have a few hour conversation with someone, we can get to know them a lot better. But everyone seems to be so frantic, everything's so fast paced right now, that people don't think they really have that time to invest in it. Obviously, if they find the time, it's much easier, but they don't feel like they have that. Uh, it's amazing. You, you mentioned asking someone how they're doing. The answer to that question is fine. If you really want to mess with someone, when they ask you how they're doing, or if you ask them how they're doing, if the response is, well, I've had a bad day. I, I got this medical condition. My girlfriend just broke up with me, feeling kind of constipated. You're going to have problems. It, it, it's not going to be a normal conversation because the answer is fine. So much of this is just routine. And I've realized that when I'm not paying attention, I will be introduced to someone. I will ask them what their name is. And I won't even listen. I won't even remember it. Two seconds later, I don't remember. So what that shows is I'm not really focused. I'm not really caring about what's going on. So if we just stop and take that time and really try to focus, put the cell phone down as hard as that is, direct our attention to one specific person, not try to multitask and do 20 things at once. And I think if we do that, it makes it much easier because oftentimes the, the issue is just, oh, I'd love to do this. This would be a fun skill to, to get into. But... I have all these projects going on right now. I've got so much on my plate. So I'd say the issue is just not having time and the solution is make time. Right. I uh, I love your answer. And we just did a show on, on exactly this, on the topic of focus and multitasking. And I couldn't agree more with with your analogy that when things aren't working out or we're not getting the results that we want, I would say the exact same thing is really how much true effort are you putting into that in all honesty and, and how present are you? And if we're doing everything to 20% of our capacity, then you're probably going to get about a 20% result. Absolutely. So, 
So I, I love this and I love everything that you're saying. And I do hope that uh, folks go out and get this book because the reality is I don't know anything that is more important than the relationships that we have. I, I have heard many times people saying that the quality of your life is directly related to the quality of a relationship you have. And if these skills in developing empathy and being more present and being more engaged with whomever you happen to be sitting across from in that moment makes you better, then I, I don't know why. I don't know why you wouldn't want to develop that. I don't know why you wouldn't want to take the time to do that. So I, I will have all of the notes here on show notes as far as a link to getting this book and a link to uh, Carl's website as well. And uh, with that, is there any way if somebody really is fascinated and wants to learn more uh, that they could find another way to get to you or reach out to you? What is the best way for them to do that? Absolutely. My website is carlchristman.com spelled C-A-R-L-C-H-R-I-S-T-M-A-N.com. And there's contact information for me there um, to get a hold of me for uh, training, for uh, uh, speaking engagements, as well as uh, links to more resources. Periodically, I put videos up there that goes into detail for some of these concepts and also any public engagements that I have, any speaking engagements. Perfect. I appreciate that. And again, if you're driving or uh, doing yard work right now and don't have a pen and paper, all of this will be in show notes. So you can uh, check on the website and, uh, and get it there. So Carl, in closing, last couple of questions for you. If somebody is listening and they're inspired and they would like to make a difference somehow, like you have this interest in bettering people's communication and somebody else has a passion in, well, let's just say to be a master gardener, whatever it may be. And they think, I don't know if I'm good enough. I, I don't know if I, whatever they're holding back. If you were to give that person one piece of advice to truly be able to take their inherent gift and go out and make a difference in this world, what would that piece of advice be? I guess that a piece of advice would be to just go out, take action and, and do it. Uh, my father has a, a saying that is kind of dark, but really helped me and he would, whenever things were going tough, whenever there were problems, he would say, in a hundred years, we'll all be dead, which is kind of dark. But the basic point is, what do you have to lose? Take action, do something. So if you're not enjoying what you're doing right now, go do something else. Uh, sometimes it has to be done, but if it's a long-term issue that I really have a passion for this, I really have a desire to do this, I really want to improve my life in this way, go out and do it because what do you have to lose? As long as you're taking care of the major responsibilities in your life, everything else, the rest of your time, the rest of your energy is yours to do with as you want. So just go out and do it. Go out and make a change and make your life better. So I'm curious, normally I would launch into my last question, but I'm just interested in, in your response and in where you're headed in life. The next thing on your horizon What's next for you? Where do you want to take this in, uh, in the grand scheme of things, your legacy? What would you like to leave behind? I would like to influence as many people as I can and help them communicate better with others. If at the end of the day, people that have heard me speak, that have read my books, that have seen my videos, if at the end of the day, they can get along a little bit better with their family members, with their friends, with their significant other, with their coworkers, I would like that to be my legacy. Maybe they can read them a little bit better. Maybe they can influence them and make their lives a little bit more productive, a little bit more positive. If I can move people in that direction just a little bit, I think that would be a great legacy. 
Excellent. Well, uh, I'm still out to my last question yet. I, I'm, this may go on for the three hours, everybody. So you never know because every time he says something, I have another thought. So Carl, uh, I, I don't know if you can still see me. I may be out of screenshot, oh, but yeah. if you, if you, okay, well, so here we go. We're going to test him. So if you had to summarize, how does Michelle feel about this conversation? I want to see how accurate you are. How, do, how has Michelle felt over the half hour that we've just spent together? How would you summarize that? Well, right now, uh, your hands are moving around, showing excitement. You're definitely not bored here, which is always a good thing. Uh, you're smiling, which uh, obviously shows engagement that you're enjoying it. When you ask that question, you close your eyes uh, and kind of squinted just a little bit as almost a, a slight challenge to see whether I could, uh, I could really tell what you were thinking. But then so much more than that, not just this conversation, if I were going to look about what's going on there, uh, I'd look at the whole situation, not just this conversation, but what you have in the background. Uh, the fact that you have a picture in the background there, the way you did your hair, the way you're dressed, the necklace you're wearing, uh, the earrings that stick out underneath your uh, headphones. All of these are slight clues to not just what you're thinking right now, but to your personality, how you come across to, to others and how you view yourself. So it's just all about reading these little things and we generally do this unconsciously, but there's so many clues about self-disclosure, how people want to come across and how they truly feel. So uh, are you picking up that you think I spend too much money on jewelry? Is that what I'm hearing from you, Carl? Is that it? I, I can't tell the quality over uh, the Skype connection. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, this is great. Oh, I could talk to you all day. All right. Uh, in closing, uh, final question. Out of this entire journey up until where you are right now, what is the single thing that you absolutely believe to be true? I believe that relationships are the most important. Uh, for years, uh, I was looking at finances. I, I want to buy a new car. I want to improve my house, get a different house. I want to take different vacations. And I realized none of that really matters. It's all about the people you surround yourself with. So I still love great vacations, but I want to go there with people that I enjoy. It's wonderful to have a nice house, but if I don't have parties, if I don't have people over, then it's kind of pointless. So I guess my point to all of this is understand people better and surround yourself with a good group of people, and that's all that really matters. I could not agree more. I have a little, um, it's a wooden box, I don't know how else to describe it, next to my bed, and it says there is nothing uh, to be prized more than true friendship. Absolutely. And I, I could not agree more with you. So everybody, go out and get the book. Uh, there will be links on my show notes page, How to Read Minds and Influence People. At the end of the day, it's going to make you a better communicator, more present, more empathetic, and more engaged. And I don't know any one of us who couldn't use a little more of that in their life. I can assure you that your relationships will all thank you for it. So with that, Carl, thank you so much for your time. It was an absolute pleasure to chat with you here today. And I look forward to following your journey as well. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers podcast. The next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.